0: you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Good morning. We are back. Yes, Saturday mornings. Donut Saturday. And of course, we got a lot going on. We got to talk the madness. Madness, madness, madness. I tell you madness. I say, let's go, Mickey Hines. It is episode 42. You know what that number. Season two of the Mickey's Izzy Podcast brought to you by Pinnacle Supplementation and G for 313. Now I will Mickey. So let's hear from the man himself. What's up, big guy? cock doodle doo The cow
1: goes boo. It's Saturday, so give me a Ric Flair woo. <laughs> Iowa and Arizona makes me want to say woo! boo. Cook up your morning coffee brew. Coach K is still alive wearing the mighty blue. And yes, St. Peter fits the Cinderella shoe. Yank, we have some mighty march madness. I mean, I'm actually having some very positive vibes, but it's been a roller coaster roller coaster of a tournament yank. Uh, let's dive into it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, where do you want to go from upsets to bracket busters i mean i i i feel like everybody's favorite rapper this week is buster rhymes like it's got to be that because everything is absolutely busted um let's just get into it i mean do you want to start there we got a lot going on it's not even just madness in the NCA march madness world it's also the nfl trades buzz we got we got a lot happening so where do you want to start bud well oh,
1: yeah. As always, we want to start off with our G for three person of the week. You know, we just got give a few quick shout outs. And um, this week's shout outs for me is going to be nice and quick because we want to talk so much about March Madness. But the leaders in the March Madness Tournament Challenge for Mickey's Izzy podcast give you a quick update. Um, after the Elite Eight, Haley DeLay is winning. Yank now. Gotcha. She yeah. has maxed out her points. I said I'd give her a shout-out because she is our leader. Like, no joke, she's our leader right now, but she's maxed out in points. You also have to give a shout-out to Crouch Island. Um, JD! I don't know. Who, who is Crouch Island?
0: That's uh, that's JD. He's one of my buddies from Orlando. Okay.
1: So, we know who Crouch Island is. That is way better than what we knew last year where we had no <laughs> idea who the leader was. So, shout-out Crouch Island. He's scored a lot of points. Up there as well is Pinnacle. I think he's maxed out in points as well, that being Wiley Allen. And I also have a few Kansas winners, that being uh, Max Thompson. He ran track for Cornell College. He says Susie is wild for this for from the Bachelorette. Those are a few of your shout-outs for Person of the Week for having a great March Madness tournament so far.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's nice for us to, like you said, to be able to know who everybody is this year and we don't have yeah. 50 million different potted teams that are in our group. But yeah, no, it's been a wild race. Um, I can say, felt very confident until uh two nights ago. So, Dang. so we're struggling, man. Uh, the losses of some of those big higher up seeds, and obviously the Cinderella stories and everything. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why there's never been a perfect bracket.
1: Oh, and that's 100% yank. Now we're gonna dive in talking about that, and let's talk about some of those big upsets. And I already mentioned it. Saint Peter's. Oh, Yank! I gotta let you do person of the week. I jumped the gun. I, I was ready to fly. You're a of the
0: week. <laughs> I know he was ready to jump the gun, but yes, of course. Every beginning of every episode, we gotta get our quick shout out to the person of the week. And for myself this week, it's a uh, it's just a little sis, little shout out. What's up, Haley? Uh, Haley Yank. So just shouting her out. We're just proud of her for some of the stuff that she's been doing. Um. Obviously, I don't know if I had mentioned it on here already, but she got accepted into a a nursing school program uh, down in Fort Myers. So I'm really excited about that for her. Um, On top of that, she's been ramping up her side business, her side hustle, trying to – she did the whole cricket press thing, did everything. Now she's uh, starting to build up an inventory with some clothing and trying to sell it to just friends and family. And then people that start hearing about it, word of mouth, all that. Um, and she's just really excited about it. So it's just something simple, something short. But uh, always got to support family now. 100%. We're
1: always supporting the family out here. Uh, shout out her. But, uh, you know, the positive vibes are always here. I'm up here in Des Moines for a volleyball tournament as well. So we're recording live Woo. from Des Moines. But uh, all positive vibes to start off the episode.
0: Absolutely, baby.
1: Now – Getting into that, I kind of jumped the gun, like I said. Um, Yank, we gotta address the peacock in the room. Saint <laughs> Peter's. Now I would even have mm-hmm. going this far in my upset bracket. Like I make an upset bracket where I just have the most wild scenarios, and I don't even have this. So I mean, this is absolutely insane. Their gym. I mean, I think Cornell's gym might be just as big as this gym. <laughs> and they're in the Elite Eight, Yank. I mean, give me your first initial thoughts.
0: Um, it's history, it's history 100%. in the I mean, it's the first team, first 15 seed to ever make the Elite Eight. Um, But it's not a fluke in a way. I mean, after, I mean, obviously, once March Madness starts and you're put on a bigger stage against some of the top teams in the country, everybody now gets to watch you play. But these guys can play some basketball, and it's not just one person, whatever else they got. They have, yes, they're one or two star players, but I mean, People coming off of the bench. I mean, Doug Edder, man, like this guy, icon, is, icon. He's an icon, man. I mean, the look, the everything. It's it's beautiful to watch. It's like watching the it's like watching the movie Dodgeball. That hair, man, it's feathered and lethal. Okay, like I don't care what anybody says. You have to watch where that man is at at all times. Um, but no, they've played really tough. They played really well both sides of the ball. It's well deserved, but. Yeah, to think that there's a team creating as much noise as the FGCU Dunk City stuff from when I was growing up back home, I mean, it's it's crazy to see. It's cool to watch. I mean, you have to love it for them. You have to. No, Yank, you already said it. They've
1: been playing very tough basketball. They're keeping games close and they're making chances for them to win basketball games. And you do say they do have their two front guys, but also everyone's hustling. Everyone's working because they're with the attitude of like, no one believes in us. They're gonna say this or that. Like we have no pressure at the tournament. And that's why some of these lower seeds can succeed in the tournament. Because I think like their head coach said, like on this game, you do not you have to play your best basketball. It does not matter what they did. They could have went 24 0 And if you do not play your best basketball on this date in March, you're not gonna be successful. And St. Peter's has uh filled the bill for performing their best basketball in the month of March and you already said the icon Dougie um yanked if I was a basketball player I'm dressing like Doug I mean you already know if my mustache looks back in the day for track like this guy just screams my type of fashion and I absolutely love it um so I mean I've been seeing some sweatshirts pop up about him. I know he signed an NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings I mean I just get more excited every time they win, like I get more excited and I'm buying into the Cinderella story. Like my bracket's a little busted, I'll admit it. Like, why not root for the Cinderella story?
0: Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, I had I had Gonzaga and Arizona in the championship game in a bracket. That that thing's shot, man. Like I understand that. But at this point, you gotta just root for the story. I mean, you're talking about a team that Okay, we come in and we, we, we had the four of the boys parlay, correct? And we're out yeah. here trying to support everybody and, and hoping that we can maybe hit a sports bet every now and then. But none of us, I mean, uh, we were looking at this team and saying, yeah, they're going to give a 12 and a half spread. Like this team's hot. Like we'll go ahead, I'll, I'll, we'll put money on that and that'll cover no problem. But I don't know. I was just, I was looking at analysts. I was listening to, obviously, listening to everything pregame. Nobody believed this would ever happen, and I mean, and I get it, I've it, it never happened, but like I said, it's never been done before. I mean, the Peacocks have now outplayed Oral Roberts from last year, making it a sweet 16 at DCU from 2013 to do it. Um, it, it's unprecedented, and you look at the people that they've gone through first, there's Kentucky, then number seven, C, Murray State, and Murray State's a tough seven, C for sure, but then ultimately, last, um last night, two nights ago, when they come out and they beat Purdue. Purdue have been completely hot since we get into the tournament, just shooting both sides of the ball. Um, Their first two games were pretty much blowouts in a way. And then to come in here, yes, it's a close game always, but (sighs) winning those three games as a number 15 seed probably ranks among the most improbable tournament events in modern history and probably will be so for years to come.
1: No, it will be. I mean, this team solely put Saint Peter's on the map. I mean, some people didn't even know where this college was and Yank at the beginning of the year recruiting's coming up. Their, their season opener had four hundred and twenty four people in attendance, not even televised game. And Ooh. now they're playing in the third highest, like biggest stage final four national championship. They're two two wins away from a national championship. Like so, so, I mean, you see everything that it takes to, you know, just put your head down and grind. Like, they looked at Purdue. Purdue was, you know, Goliath. It was, all right, we got to take down the big man. We got to make sure we get him in foul trouble. We got to make sure we just play our brand of basketball. And, you know, here's our game plan. We're going to stick to it. And here they are. And it's absolutely exhilarating. I told the boys, let's buy some Peacock gear. Like, I'm all for it, and I'm buying into it.
0: Absolutely, man. I mean, at this point, knowing where the brackets stand, yeah. Yeah, I've got to just offer the Cinderella story. I'm going to be back in that, so let's go, Peacocks. I'm a Peacock! you got to let me fly! We are flying, Yank. We're also going
1: to fly to the next one. Um, remember when you uh, you know, and this is the thing I actually hate. There must here. be a reason. Because. There must be a reason, Yank, that episode 42 is today because you're feeling really good as a Miami fan, that being the Dolphins. But, Yank... How about them Hurricanes? How about Hurricane. them Canes? This, the U. The I'll
0: U. tell you what. No, I, I mean, they're another one too that's coming out. And obviously, I don't I think this is their first Elite Eight in program history yes, uh, after their win. So, yes, I mean, but they've coming in and they're a 10 seed that plays way better than a 10. Look at their games. I mean, USC is in the first round and that's their closest margin. I mean, now they start gaining confidence. You come out against a number 2 scene Auburn. Auburn didn't look like they could handle it at all. I mean, as far <laughs> as – Oh, yeah, no. Miami absolutely blitzed Auburn, and they had no answer for it on defense, and it just looked like Miami was getting easy, fast-break fast, fast break points or complete wide-open layups down through the lane just on easy passes. I mean, it was just all about speed and movement, and what else do you expect? It's, that's what we do down here. So, um, them to follow up, and I mean, sorry for the Iowa schools, it's been tough this year in both the meds yeah, and the past, but uh, yeah, to follow it up against Iowa State, all of us um, felt pretty good about that game as well. And now they're going to go against Kansas, who, in my opinion, I mean, maybe I guess we're all wrong at this point, but Kansas was the weakest number one seed, in my opinion, heading into this tournament, but here they are going to be matched up with them, and you never know, man. The improbable runs just keep happening this year. Yeah,
1: yeah and I just want to give myself a glow, a flex on um, my call it. and people were questioning, like, why would you have Miami going to Elite A? I like the route they had to take. I like that team, and the reason why I remember watching the selection show, I'm like, huh, they look like a team that's going to go far, and they went and balled out there being that team that can be successful and playing just nitty-gritty basketball. And it's so much fun to watch. I think this is the only time I'm going to hype up Miami schools slash sports in general. So you get your one ticket of paradise right here, gang, for me agreeing with you that Miami sports are fun to watch slash like I'm rooting <laughs> for. Um, this is a one-time thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, like, mark it down in history. Episode 42, season 2. Uh hey, i never exciting. forget that one time. That ain't hard for me to forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean. Just watching Miami play, like I was getting excited. I'm watching them play basketball. It's keeping me in it. Yeah, it was a close game yesterday. Iowa State is, you know, another, I mean, they're already 11 seed. It was 10, 11 seed. And that's exciting to watch. You have both of these teams really playing some of their best basketball. And at the end of the day, Miami uh had a little bit more, uh you know, edge and went and won the game. So Miami going this far, which I do have them losing to Kansas. But like you said, Kansas is the quote unquote lowest one seed. So I mean, can Miami get a final four push? We shall see.
0: Yeah, and I mean even on the other side of that bracket, when you're looking out of the east, I was feeling really good about North Carolina, and here they are playing some of their best basketball heading into uh the what is it, Elite Eight as well. They're gonna be playing yep. against yeah, they're gonna be matched up against St. Peter's. So you never know, man. Maybe the two uh the two Cinderellas are Late runs that we called for the higher seeds, maybe they end up matching up in the final four. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be crazy to watch.
1: That would, and that's just the thing. Like I'm retweeting, I'm getting so excited for that Miami basketball. Just on that take, I found my Miami crew neck. Somebody gave <laughs> yes, me college, and I'm like, it's a sign. Yank! It was a huge sign sent from up above that Miami was going to do well, and I've been rocking the gear. People like, you're a Miami fan, I said. Only for this tournament. <laughs> I, I am this name, tournament, maybe. I couldn't name half their people. I couldn't even name their head coach, but I'm here for it, and I'm loving it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, Miami has been a ton of fun to watch, and that's definitely a team I wanted to shout out because that's kept me up there for, like, somewhat competing in the bracket. I don't think I have a big chance to win it all, but I should be top five or three.
0: Yeah, well – this is where it ends for me as far as we're going to talk bracket stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure all four of my final four teams are now eliminated at this point. No. And um,
1: Yank, you did bring up those final four teams and we're going to kind of talk about some of those other higher ups that did get upset. We've been hyping up the teams that are upsetting, but let's talk about the teams that got upset. Um, Yank, let's talk about uh, your winner Gonzaga.
0: Uh, What happened, <laughs> my guy? Oh, uh... You know, when I look at it, it just kind of seemed like, in a way, you can tell who their who Gonzaga's players are and who their playmakers are, right? Like you got guard at the point guard position, who's obviously the playmaker in a way. To he's important for stretching the floor. He shoots the three ball. He he really just wasn't making his shots. Um, when you look at Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy is the heart and soul of that team. I believe he's a senior this season. Yep. Um, he's been around for obviously the four years there. Um, But, yeah, heart and soul this team. And, I mean, he he played decently. He tried tried to will their team uh, back into that game. But what I saw when it came down to that, it honestly was the um, person that I hyped up the most when it came down to that team. It was Chet Holmgren. Um, It wasn't that he played poorly, that he didn't do everything else. But, I mean, for you to not have a point in the first half – for you to come back and try and do everything. that he, I mean, like, all of his points were in the second half. He just looked the way that Arkansas was playing defense. He just looked like he wasn't physically ready for the moment. Yes, he's seven feet tall. Yes, he's got length. Yes, that allows him to make plays at the rim. It allows him to block shots. It allows him to be a great defender just on straight size. But as far as, um, like, weight... An actual like strength that he has behind some of his playmaking abilities. It's not just it's not there yet. I mean, you're seven foot tall at 195 pounds. I just think that that ended up coming back to hurt him because Arkansas played such a physical game. When you look at what ha- went down here in the um, Sweet 16 matchup, so I think that's honestly all it really came down to. Arkansas has been playing very good basketball in general, but I mean, they just. They didn't shoot that great. They shot under 40%, but it really came down to Chet Holmgren, in my opinion, not being able to be as physical um, when it came to scoring the basketball.
1: Yeah, Yank, we saw their big names, Drew, Timmy, and Chet. Really balling out, especially in those earlier games. And they had close games in the beginning, too. Like, they weren't just pulling away. And it's kind of like when you play a basketball game and you know someone's good and they're like, oh, this team isn't that good, so I'm not going to try my best and put that much passion into it. That's what I felt like Gonzaga did until they were down at halftime, until they were very, very close in games. Then they're like, "Uh uh-oh, we got to turn it on. And sometimes if you do that, like, it's really hard. I mean, we talk about it all the time from a coaching point. You can't turn it on mid game. That's why you got to practice hard, do this. In Arkansas, you better believe that's what they're doing. They better believe they went to this game like, hey, if we play our 100%, every loose ball, playing hard defense, getting Chet in foul trouble, keeping Drew Timmy, you know, out of the paint, et cetera,
0: we try, we're going to be successful. So
1: yeah. You know, it's that's the reason why Arkansas went and won. And that's just the sad thing. Like some of these top teams, like, oh, this team's whatever. Like, you never want to say, like, they underestimated an opponent. But sometimes you can just tell looking at, how the other team is, you know, acting, playing, the excitement, the emotion of March Madness. Like Arkansas showed that, and they went and balled out. Now, don't get me wrong. I love watching Chat, and he's not a very, you know, very big emotional guy. He gets his buckets. He gets his rebounds. And then Drew Timmy, I mean, he had a very watch his language. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Drew that Timmy at yeah, you
0: know, 25 like and 7. Like I'm looking at him as in like in college, what more do you ask for? Oh, 100%.
1: I mean, Drew Timmy went and balled out. He went and did his thing. He is very emotional. I love the stash. I love his look. He's a dude yes, that I would create. And I love it. It's just I felt like some of those other players or they need to wait till halftime to get Drew Timmy fired up really hurt them in the end.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, when you're only going to play, I mean, a lot of these teams are really only playing eight-man rotations just because you're in the tournament. It's surviving in advance. You're playing, you're playing your best players and who's available for you. But Not only, I mean, Drew Timmy, like you said, doing your 25-7, and giving you 37 minutes, I mean, he's out there trying to will that team back into the game, back into a win. But um, when you're two other star players, like I said, Kongren doesn't score any of his 11 points until the second half, so it's just a late start there. He ends up fouling out later in the game. He's he's having trouble um, holding himself down low just because, again, of the sheer size difference when it comes to weight differential. Um, and then Nembard, who I was talking about is the important point guard. I mean, he just didn't have a great shooting night. I mean, you shoot two for 11 um, it, it's not going to help, but I mean, at the end of the day, i feel like you got to execute and find a way to win. I mean, you always have to, but I mean, it's not like the Arkansas was going crazy on offense. Like they barely yeah. shot 40% themselves. They, they shot the three ball horribly in my opinion. I mean, JD Notay, I mean, he's their best player, but he shot, he shot nine for 29. He had 21 points, but I mean, he missed 20 shots. He was two for 12 from three, but they were still able to find a way to win and play team basketball. And that obviously has a lot to do with Williams and Wade, both dropping 15. It's a great game from them. Great support, uh, great supporting roles, but it was there. It was their opportunity. It wasn't like a blowout win, but you're right. Gonzaga kind of came out flat from the jump and tried to turn it on at halftime. And by that point, Arkansas had enough confidence to keep it going.
1: Yeah, and it really takes in March Madness what team's going to be able to survive that long. I mean, you're playing back-to-back games, you know, two days, you know, difference greater. They had the week off. Like, it is nitty-gritty playing. You're having to play your best basketball every single night. That's why it's called March Madness. And yeah, I had Gonzaga going to the championship as well. I had win in my number two bracket. So oh. that did hurt. I thought it would be their year. But as you can see, this year has been crazy. crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one thing when we talk about upsets. But this year has just seemed to be exponentially more than normal. Or maybe it's just because you only see this once a year. But from what I can remember, I don't
1: remember it being this crazy. Yeah, Yank. And, I mean, that's the thing, too. I heard a few other podcasts say, like, this is the craziest March ever. And, like, people are always like, oh, we say that every year. But this year, like, you might not be wrong with NFL buzz, NBA buzz, the March Madness tournament. I mean, a lot of firsts happening this year.
0: So, it may be. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of the craziest um, March Madness. I wouldn't even say, yeah, March Madness, but that encompasses all sports, not just uh, but whatever we're talking NCAA at this point, no, a lot of different developments across a lot of the major sports. And it, it's just, we're, we're going to talk about it here in a second, but is there anybody else that you want to wrap up? Yeah,
1: yeah. We're going to talk about my Arizona Wildcats. Um, I was wrong, you know, with the hunch. <laughs> I liked when the players, like, Koloku is a stud, but it was kind of the same thing. Like, you didn't see too much passion from them. I'm going to kind of use the same scenario I just used for Gonzaga, That being, like, I didn't see too much of a punch, too much emotion. I finally saw them, like, getting excited when the fans were starting to chant overrated. Then they started really playing hard and, like, just show that tenacity of, like, we're going to come win this basketball game. And it sucks. I mean, Arizona taking that L really hurt my bracket as well. And they just got all hustled. And that was the biggest thing. Like, their defense was everywhere. Every rebound was theirs. Um, every 50 ball was theirs, and sometimes like that's a big part of the game. I'm a big believer: more rebounds you get, um, the more higher chance you have to win a basketball game. That plain and simple. You win the rebound battle. I mean, rebounds equals rings, in my opinion. And they were just everywhere. They're diving. They're almost jumping out of bounds, throwing the ball back. I'm like, really? Again, hairs on it. You don't go get that ball. Uh, so that was uh, kind of a sad sight to see that that hit the. The, probably the lowest low when it comes to the March Madness for your boy, but otherwise than that, the vibes have been pretty positive.
0: But uh, yeah, anything about Arizona? I was trying to keep it positive for him. I was over here singing High School Musical, like we're
1: all in this together. Like
0: we were. I was hyping it up over here. I was feeling good for him. I was trying to will them back into it. But no, Houston again. Just some teams getting hot at the right time. And I mean, Houston was a solid. Solid five seed, like a very good five seed, coveted to the tournament. Um, this is a team that made it to, I want to say, the final four this past season, but now we're looking at them again here, going into the lead eight, playing incredible, incredible defense. Like you said, I mean, it's everything comes down to being able to be efficient on both sides of the ball. But when you play defense like that, you win the um, rebounding battles. It makes all the difference in the world, and that, when you couple it with a better shooting night than your opponent you you're most likely going to win the game. I mean to me, yes, the defense is important, the rebounding is always going to be an indicator of who wins the game, but it just came down to shooting. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Arizona shoots 30% from both three and just the field in general, whereas Houston comes out and shoots 46 compared to them and shoots 45 from three compared to them. It was just it was their night shooting. They had multiple guys that were doing it well. I mean, Sheed Edwards, Carlton they, they were on it. I mean when you got two get three guys scoring double figures in college that usually bodes well for you. I mean Arizona had that as well, but just again, that's on different efficiencies when Mathurin's getting 15 but on 4 14 shooting. it's it's just it's not your night.
1: No, in Houston, I mean compared to those big upsets, the two number one seeds that went down Yank, I was thinking about this. I think Houston looked way better than Arkansas. Houston, low-key, just looks scary just because, first off, they look way more athletic than anybody. And I really hate it because I looked at them like, okay, they're just an athletic team that sometimes can get hot they're not going to be hot in March Madness. And boy, was I wrong. And I hate being wrong. And Houston has (laughs) just shown me and beaten the Arizona. I was like, wow, that one really came to uh, haunt me there. And they are a scary team. I want to take them. I want to take them next round. I want to, like, give them a championship push with how crazy this year's gone. And Houston is, I mean, if you had to have your cards be placed one way, you want to be in Houston's shoes. And they're going to be a scary team. I mean, to play, you definitely cannot look over. I mean, anything that upsets the number one team, you can no longer underestimate. So, I mean, they came in with a we're-going-to-get-after-it attitude.
0: Yeah, I mean, now we're looking at the matchups again in the Elite Eight where you're looking at this Houston team and they're going to go against Villanova, who's been playing very well as a 2C going through this tournament. But have they played anybody like Houston, have they had to gone through that crazy difficult game yet? I don't believe they have. I know that they just beat Michigan, which Michigan was an 11 seed that was playing well, but let's be honest, they had 14 15 losses coming into this tournament. They weren't necessarily considered an elite team in my mind. Uh, before that, they play Ohio State and Delaware. Like, you should win Ohio those two games, win. yeah. Uh, really? Oh, wow. So, I mean, I, I didn't look at that, but I'm just saying, like. To me, Ohio State at a seven seed was, man, it wasn't a close game. They went by double digits and same with Delaware. So they, they've won their three games convincingly, showing that they're playing pretty well, uh, pretty well, some pretty good basketball right now. But are they battle tested the way that Houston has come through and had to beat? I mean, the last two teams they've had to beat, they've done it convincingly and they were both great teams. I mean, the Arizona Wildcats, they beat by 12. And then the, I mean, Illinois. I mean, they came out and absolutely slaughtered them. So they're they're playing great basketball. It's going to be a good matchup there in the Elite Eight.
1: Yeah, I mean, are they going to do what Purdue did? Like, Purdue was winning consistently. I remember our, our friend Greeny yeah. said, oh, Purdue's going to go make a statement. If Nova does that, like, Villanova Nova back to the championship. If they can beat Houston convincingly. But just all the things we said about Houston, it's going to be very tough for Nova to win this game. That's why I'm taking Houston. I mean, for an early pick here on a Saturday morning, I'm going to Houston all the way. I'm going to ride it. They beat my team. All right, I'd rather lose to the champs than anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then when you look at the other side for the late game tonight, you're talking about Arkansas coming off of a big win against Gonzaga and the number one overall seed. Are they going to have a hangover against Coach K, who has made it to the Elite Eight? And uh, that's going to be that's going to be crazy. I mean, obviously, I'm personally, as a fan, I'm going to be rooting for Coach K. Just hope he keeps going, keep the train alive.
1: A lot of people, and that's the, such a bad thing. Um, is these players have to almost live in the shadow of Coach K. And, like, Coach K is going to be his last game. Can he go out as a champion? He's on his retirement tour. That's what everyone's talking about and hardly the game of basketball they've been playing. The moment is kind of all about Coach K, which kind of stinks. But also on that flip side, like, I'm totally with you. As a college basketball fan, like, I want to see Coach K go out on top. Like, I would not not be okay with that. At the same time, if he loses to another team, I know a lot of people are rooting for that. So... Yank yeah. is just one of those things, like, can these players live up to the moment of, are you going to be the team that ends Coach K's career on top? Or is that spotlight, that spotlights huge, Yank? I mean, that spotlight's absolutely yeah. huge. I mean, you go to the free throw line, you're saying, wow, if I don't make this, we don't tie the game, and I lose Coach K's career. Um, Yank, that probably <laughs> might be one of the biggest free throws you ever have to do, if it comes down to that. So, I mean, that game is, if you want to see some kids ball out in the moment, like, talk about the moment. Go watch this game.
0: Ladies. Absolutely. And, I mean, they've been playing great basketball, all pressure and things considered. I mean, they've come out and had some convincing wins. I mean, you'd never want to count out Tom Izzo Michigan State. They come out win that game convincingly. Texas Tech, one of the best defensive, uh, offensive, both ways teams. I mean, all those SEC teams, when you start talking about them, they've been able to slow teams down, keep them to a crawl. Duke has been one of the highest-scoring offenses all season regardless and then when they're coming out you're thinking like everyone was thinking Texas Tech was going to slow them down they put their points right Duke hadn't scored under 80 in the last like five games or I think maybe once out of the last five games before that game against Texas Tech and spread the spread had them for only scoring 69 that game and they come out and they said okay you guys got to give us some respect and they show us everything they dropped 78 on them End up doing their thing, going and getting the win. So we'll see if they keep the pressure going. Uh, keep the dream alive for Coach K, like you said. But uh, uh, yeah. I I mean, at this point, with all the upsets and everything, you never know. At the two seed, Duke might be the best team remaining.
1: Yank, and that's a tough thing with today's episode. Typically, we like to debate. I like to get under your skin. I like to disagree with you because you're wrong in a lot of scenarios. But like with March Madness, like we're just hyping it up because I mean we both were wrong. Both of our one seeds, like both of our champions, mm-hmm. were lost within like two hours. Like it was actually kind of sad. Um, I was gonna come on this, the Today Show and be like, "Yank, I told you my ch- my champion's gonna go all the way." We're both wrong, so it's been really exciting to talk about the excitement of March Madness and every storyline. Every team has a storyline right now, and. Which one do you want to root for at this point? It's kind of just all fun games, getting behind the Like I don't even know an actual Miami hurricane, like college basketball fan. We go on our walks, me <laughs> and Haley and I saw a Miami flag. Like the U flag I was like, yup, <laughs> Yep. Let's ride, brother. I don't know who you are. I've rooted for Miami for a total of four days and you know, two weeks, and I'm here. And that's the exciting thing about March Madness and why it's one of the best collegiate Events ever, and and even with women's basketball. Besides Iowa losing, that was very sad. But like, even on the flip side, seeing a lot of these upsets, like Creighton Blue Jays, um, it's been absolutely exhilarating to watch. I mean, is there any other teams you lastly want to talk before we get to one of the biggest NFL buzz news? We have two big players right now about the NFL (laughs) to end our episode. This team.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, no. I mean, the one thing that I can say is it's good if one of us lose. Or at least when I lose, it's always nice when you lose too, you know? (laughs) I don't don't want to have to get on here and know that I'm stepping into the wolf's den or something. Like, I don't need to walk in here and hear Mickey gloat. So, yes, now that we can both enjoy being just collegiate basketball fans, no, I'm all for it. Honestly, my biggest question is for me, i'll tell you i'm hoping at this point that duke makes it all the way and I, i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'll throw some parlays on it because you never know at this point but would love to see duke make it all the way against the cinderella story from st peter's and then at that point i don't know i might just have to go with dougie <laughs> i don't know man no 100 percent. and like on my flip side like i might ride with the
1: hurricane vibe uh and But also, on the flip side, like, if St. Peter's does make it a championship, I think the entire United States of America will be rooting for St. Peter's to win a national championship. <laughs> that would be beyond bonkers. Um, that'd be insane. But, uh, Yank, to kind of close out our episode today, we're going to make a shift in sports. We've been giving all the latest. No, I'm the latest. Um. We talk about gloating and like I said, this is the only time I'm actually gonna agree with you. Like I'm hyped for Miami Hurricanes. I've been hyped. I'm screaming. I'm I'm celebrating in front of my TV for Miami Hurricanes. Are they dolphins, Yank? <sighs> Talking about NFL. <laughs> um you said y'all you thought I think your tweet was y'all thought I was bad before. Gloat. <laughs> I'm gonna let you gloat. Uh, it's gonna hurt. But uh I love I absolutely love the move they made. Um very, very crucial move yank uh break it down for us
0: uh well fins up uh let's just say that i'm beyond excited um we are now officially dubbed the legion of zoom in miami um we are fast we are so fast and i'm just so excited to see this stuff i mean all the moves we made the coaching stuff everything's been perfect this off season as a Miami Dolphins fan. I actually, I actually think I will use that word. Absolutely perfect as far as the moves that we made. And I couldn't be more proud of us as an organization because let's be honest, guys, I'm 25. I have never seen the Miami Dolphins win a playoff game in my life. Not one time. And I am just hoping, hoping that this is the year that I could, uh, that I get to experience that. Tua Tagovailoa has no excuses. I'm gonna say gonna it right that. now. I'm gonna say it right now. This is his year. As long as he stays healthy, this is his year to prove everything. There is no excuses at the at this point. We go out and you get the two big linemen in free agency. You get Connor Williams. You get Taron Armstead, which is huge. Some of the one of the best tackles in the game. One of the greater guards in the game, minus his holding penalties. I mean big time to boost our O-line, which has been, of course, one of the worst units in the NFL for quite a long time. And now we're talking Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, the cheetah? Honestly, I mean, like, I never saw it coming. I didn't see that trade happening at all. It almost came out of nowhere on all of us. It was We got a little update, like, hang on, there's some talks between Miami and KC, and then boom, all of a sudden it happens. And, yeah, we give up some draft picks, but – I mean, for the return that we're getting, as far as now you're going to pair Tyree Kill with Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker. Um, I mean, it, just the absolute speed. With, I mean, Mike Geseki's a tight end who's a receiving tight end. You want to talk about yards after catch? Like two of yeah, he's never proven so far that he's gotten in the league that he's got that uh, deep ball going necessarily yet. But when you have someone as fast as Tyree Kill, that I mean, I'm sure that'll develop. On top of that, now if you're gonna be the man that's getting the ball out of your hands in under three seconds and just making sure you're accurate with the ball, put it in place for your playmakers to make plays. We finally have that. Miami is a serious team, a serious threat. And as long as Tua develops accordingly, this team is going to the playoffs and is going to moves. The world we live in
1: has changed from you know, NBA season, off season, everyone's all the crazy moves and now the NFL has matched that uh, that status quo, if I say, and I hate it, Yank, but Miami's going to be nice next year. <laughs> the Dolphins are going to be a team to be forced with because even if you're not the all-star quarterback, you know, like you make all the big-time throws, you can throw a little screen pass to Tyreek Hill. Yank, did you believe yourself, like, in the beginning of the offseason saying, we're going to go out and get Tyreek Hill? Yeah. No. No one saw this coming, and it's insane. You have Waddle, who's an emerging receiver already. You have Devontae Parker, which everyone sleeps on. He's probably their number three receiver now, and for him to be your number three receiver is a great problem to have. You talk about that receiving core. The Legion of Zoom already sounds good, and I hate that it sounds good. I hate that this is episode 42 and that you're loving life right now. But I got to hype it up, man. Uh, If I'm being honest, Miami Dolphins, like I said, are going to be – such a fun team to watch and at the end of the day though I mean they're in a tough division which is fine I think they still go out and catch a lot of W's can Tua get the job done I've always said on this podcast you know the Jalen Hurts Tua a battle from years ago that Jalen Hurts is better Tua if you do not succeed in this scenario um, your job you're not gonna have a job I mean you have so many great talents you have a good offensive line you have good running backs I know y'all got Chase Edmonds now like he was a solid running back he was RB1 for the Cardinals last year until James Connor really stole the show so to uh, message to you I know you'll never hear this ever in your life but go out and prove it man you have the weapons you have the offensive line you you have you have the practice test right in front of you you have the the test right in front of you you have all the answers now you got to go out and fill in the right bubbles so it's gonna be exciting to actually watch seeing Tyree kill in a Miami jersey um i can't envision it but guess what in a few months we're gonna see it and that's the kind of new exciting thing to do in the nfl is all the trades all the different moves and whatnot and yeah i hate to say it like i've been on my soapbox here but yank i bet you you are very very happy
0: i am i am ecstatic that i cannot use any literally was in the middle of like at work, when I got the notification, heard the do, 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 look down. I had to stop talking in the meeting. I put both my arms in the air and I was excited. And I had to walk around the room for a second. I was like, guys, I'm sorry, but give me about two minutes because I'm about to go nuts. <laughs> and it was, I was just so excited. I mean, can I just take a second? Thank you, Laramie Tunzel. Thank you so much. We traded Laramie Tunzel, I believe it was four years ago now. This that one trade has now turned the domino, into effect. The, the domino effect of all domino effects. I'm talking Noah Ibn. I can't ever pronounce his last name, but Ibn Agwe, uh, Solomon Kinley, Jalen Waddell. Javon Holland, one of the best upcoming safeties in the league. And now Tyreek Hill, along with three additional picks, is what that trade has now turned into. Thank you, Laramie. You are blessing us, my man. I appreciate you to the max. But, yes, to sit here and say that I'm excited would be an understatement. Um, it's it's into his hands now. Let's go make some plays because if he puts the ball in the right spots, yeah, these guys are going to make absolute noise all season. I'm talking Tyreek Hill on drag routes, go routes, Jalen Waddle being as quick as he is. I'm expecting to see a lot of penguin dances in the end zone. I am so excited.
1: And that's the thing, too. I mean, they're going to be a headliner team. They're (laughs) going to be a team that the big names are in the headlines. You're going to have pictures of Jalen Waddle doing the penguin waddle. Like, first off, I love that celebration. And then you're going to have Tyreek Hill just streaking outfield doing a drag route. Tyreek Hill can be Lethals from receiver. anywhere in the position. You have Mike Evans who's like, all right, he's a jump ball type of guy. He's going to go up and get you a ball. You have, you know, your slot guys where oh, I'm just going to stay in the slot. But Tyreek Hill can do everything. He's a jack of all He's your, you know, Swiss Army knife. He's going to go long. He's going to catch a screen. He's going to go on a reverse. In Miami's offense, shoot, Yank, you could go wildcat for all I care and send him on a, a reverse, on a sweep. So... I mean,
0: absolutely. I agree. I mean, McDaniels McDaniels is coming from a Shanahan type of style offense. So I wouldn't even be surprised if we start seeing Tyreek Hill be used in the same way that the 49ers use a Debo Samuel. It can very easily turn into something like that. And then you have somebody who's in their second year coming off of the most receptions for a rookie in NFL history and Jalen Waddle to have him on the other side. Devontae Parker, as long as he stays healthy, has always been productive and has good chemistry uh, with Tua. And then like I said, our tight end, Giseki, he's been always been a solid tight end. So there's all that. You get the again the additions I talked about earlier on the O line. We also added Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert in the backfield. I mean I'm excited, man. We know our secondary is good on defense with X and Byron Jones back there. We re-signed Emmanuel Ogba. We, I'm I'm just – I'm very excited with what's going on. Um, obviously not going to have too many draft picks for one of the few teams that doesn't have a first-round draft pick this year. But with everything that's going on and all the trades that were made to take us to that point, I can care less. I'm totally fine with that and this – I I put him in the top five AFC teams last year. Y'all can guarantee you're gonna see it again.
1: Um, yeah, that's gonna be a certain that's gonna be cemented in. I already know. Uh, <laughs> but no, and like I wish I could talk down about the Dolphins, say, Yank, you're gonna be completely wrong. This is a terrible take, but you know, like I'm 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 signing off on it.
0: I like it. Yeah, no, hot hot take. Miami is winning the AFC East. I don't care who Buffalo it's, is. Miami is winning. Buffalo,
1: right. who just got Von Miller. I mean, granted, for six years, way too much in my like too long in my opinion. But like, is just got there, right?
0: like, because better. isn't he like thirty three? Yeah, he's gonna be
1: thirty nine playing his last <laughs> year, which he won't go all the way. But yeah, it's been a fun episode. It's been an exhilarating, upbeat, positive vibe only because that's how we support the boys when it comes to watching March Madness and whatnot. Um, of course, you know, I got to support you with that Miami Dolphin take because I'm so I thank, can actually get you.
0: Behind, thank you. Thank you.
1: I can get behind it. Uh, the Zizzy Yank episode, if you may say. Uh, hey, it's episode 42. You already knew stepping in. Come on. Yeah. Well, as we start to close out, some last closing remarks from your boy. Uh, shout out to your friend JD. I think that's what you said. Crouch Island. Yep. He may go get himself some pinnacle.
0: Something yeah no he's hype i told him yeah he tuned in listened to all that i told him about the rewards and everything for the possible winner and he was like oh i'm gonna get in there he invited a couple other people that got in i saw one was ray um yeah yep, he was down there um it might have been one other person but either way yeah just cool to see some of the people that were in uh that we know in there and uh, enjoying the contest and See if they can beat the beat the
1: hosts. Oh, yeah, and that may happen, Yank. My last thing is go out, watch March Madness, and just live in the moment. Get excited for these teams. Get excited for the moment of March Madness because I'm absolutely loving life, and it's been great.
0: Hey, I'll tell you what, man. I'm a man of moments, so I will second that. And soon y'all will be seeing some new Miami merchandise. Uh, I got to go. go buy me some Tyreek Hill
1: stuff. All righty, well, I hopefully that hill treats you well. But uh, any, <laughs> any last things before you close this out?
0: I'm all good, bud. You? Nope.
1: Uh, let's go hurricanes. Let's go peacocks. I mean, I'm all for the Cinderella story.
0: It's still on Saturday, man. You got to go into a tournament. Let's get it. If we're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Izzy podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. Peace.